Praise the Lord. Amen. We're here to worship Him. Amen. Amen. I'm on now. All right. I'm just thankful for all He's done. Amen. If there should be ever a people who's thankful, it should be us. Amen. We have so much to be thankful for. No matter how dark your life may be, no matter what you've experienced in life, for all He's done for me, I thank God. Amen. And I thank God that I have something in me pushing that out. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, we love him. Amen. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's such a privilege again to be here. Amen. To be a part of this meeting. Amen. It was a wonderful masterpiece this morning, Brother Andrew. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, brother. I... I was, I believe eternal things, amen, come out of these meetings. And as, as his brother said this morning, said, well, one service goes, now we've already moved on to the next one. But the effect of that meeting rolls on into eternity because uh, for people have come and God has brought deliverance, souls have been saved. Those are eternal things. I was watching Brother Andrew preach, and I thought, well, I just need to have him sit on the platform so I can run back and shake his hand once in a while. <laughs> Amen. One of the brothers here said, well, we remember when you used to jump off of the platform like that. And I, and I watched him. I Well, that would be two chiropractor visits and a checkup, at least for me, if I did that anymore. So, amen. But no, whenever God moves, we're just happy. Amen. We're thankful. Amen. For the moving of the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Our God is a good God. Amen. Amen. He's, not, he's not a God like the world makes him, but he's a good God. He's a God. Jesus Christ is a good man. Amen. I may believe that. Amen. He's interested in your life. He's interested in this meeting. He's interested in what will be said and has been said. And he's interested in the effect of it upon your life. And once it moves into your life, he wants you to cultivate it. And that effect of it just go on and on and you raise up and you be a witness of the grace of God. And if time would last, amen, if you have a family that it would spring forth from there like arrows in your quiver pointed right at the target of the word of God. Amen. And these, those children would hit the bullseye every time. Amen. That's our desire. And we're just so thankful for you, you as a group of young people. We love you with the love of the Lord. And it certainly is a privilege to speak to you. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Read you a very familiar scripture. I have two scriptures I want to read out of. Isaiah 61 and then also John, the second chapter. Amen. The first verse, Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And we know in that comma, 
There's 2,000 years that separates the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. If you're mourning this evening, there's an appointment for you. Amen. Amen. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's turn over to the book of John, second chapter. We'll also begin there at the first verse. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. I think that's an interesting scripture because, amen, Jesus says, woman, what I've had to do with you, mine hour has not come. And she just turns to the servants and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And I would like to encourage you this evening that whatever God would tell you to do, do it. While the pulsation of the Holy Spirit is moving... And something begins to beat in your heart. Don't begin to reason on it and begin to think about it. Just move in that pulsation because that pulsation is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so we want to do, amen, what he tells us to do. You can be seated. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Whatever he says to you, do it. The prophet said that's still good teaching tonight. Amen. If, if you were going to die and he told you to get ready for death, he said... Get ready. If he tells you you're going to get well, believe it. If he tells you that you're healed, you are. Amen. Whatever he says, you do it. And to disbelieve it would be sin. Amen. So, amen. I want to just to, amen, take um, some things that the prophet has said here. And the Lord helping us build a thought. And I'll come to the title here in just a minute. But Brother Branham had a, a preview of the bride, and he related it in a number of, of different messages, and I just want to, to, to uh, say it to you as well. And, and he said, I remember the night that I seen the preview of the bride, and I stood there, and I seen a, a beautiful little lady, correctly dressed and things, marching. And there was somebody standing by me in the vision, and they said, this is the preview of the bride, and I seen her go by. And he said, I heard... I heard the sweetest music I ever heard. And I looked, and here come a bunch of little ladies. They looked to be about the age of 20, 18, or 20, and they all had long hair and fixed in different dresses and type and dresses, and they were marching perfectly in step with the music, as could be. And they went from my left, and they were going around this way, and I watched them, and I, 
I looked to see then who was talking to me, and I couldn't see no one. And then he said, I heard coming up, the churches coming up from this other side. There come up the Asian church. He says, you talk about filth. Here come the European church. Oh, my. And then I heard a rock and roll music coming. And here was Miss America, the church. And she didn't even have on any clothes. She had papers like newspapers held in front of her. And she was dancing to rock and roll. Miss America, the church. Now, I want you to know Brother Branham is watching this preview. And he's watching this vision. He's already seen a vision of, uh, of this, this beautiful church. Young ladies, correctly dressed, long hair. And they were marching in step to the gospel. Then he heard another music. And all these other churches begin to flash before him and begin to present themselves. And and he's watching them. And he said, I was looking at filth. Notice he's looking at churches and he's calling it filth. When he sees the American church, he said, she's only covered by a newspaper. She's naked. What is it? There was no gospel being preached. To cover her. I mean there's no covering of the Holy Ghost. No robe that had been put on. I mean her sins were open before the people. Amen. I want to highlight something to you young people this evening. That amen. This message is not just another message. We're not just in another church. This is the predestinated will of God. This is the, the word of God that he is allotted for the hour of this age. Amen. To come forth in this time. And this, in this hour he said he would present exactly what the word said it would be. If God said that he would present unto himself. And notice Brother Branham is up in a preview booth. And he's watching this as like a stand. And they're marching before him a presentation. And he's seen a preview of a bride. Amen. And he described her as such a beautiful bride. But there was something about it as he said. She was marching in step with the music that was being played. And all these other churches, they're playing their own music. They're marching to their own beat. And there's no covering there to cover them. Amen. There's no oil that can be had in that church. No Holy Ghost experience. I wouldn't deny. Amen. The Holy Ghost can move in the form of of healings and so forth because God honors faith. But when it comes to presenting what the word said it would present, there is nothing in there to present it. Amen. They 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 can talk well. They can present good programs. We can have family programs. We can have children programs. We can have program for addictions. We can have all kinds of learning seminars. And we can go from one thing unto another. But in the eyes of God, it just produces filth. Amen. Why? Because it takes more. It takes more. Amen. Than just good things. It takes the Holy Spirit. And he said, I looked. And I stood in their presence, in his presence, and I thought, oh God, as a minister, is that the best we could do? He says, you know how you feel. I thought, God, hide me if I could just get away from here, if that's all we've done and all we have to produce, is that what it is? And, and then women were passing by doing all kinds of moves and things and short hair and painted faces. And as they passed by like that, supposed to be virgins to Christ. 
So they were professing one thing with their mouth and they were moving a different way. When she passed by, I turned my head, you know, they were holding this paper in front of them, but behind them there was no covering, and it was disgraceful. And I turned my head, and I was weeping. I couldn't stand there. And he was standing there, and him know that I'm a minister of the church, and that's what I had produced for him. And I said, God, I can't look at it. Let me die. Let me fade away. And as soon as it went out, every time one of them would come, they'd go to a certain place. Then they'd drop off. I'd hear the sound of it as it went away. And then I begin to hear the sound of something like onward Christian soldiers. And I looked and here come that sainted bunch of little girls. Exactly the way they was. All correctly dressed. Their hair hanging down their back. Smooth, clean, marching to the step of the gospel. She was the word. They look like one out of every nation. And as I was looking as, as they passed by, I seen them pass by. And instead of going down, they started going up. Amen. And I noticed one or two or three trying to get out of line. And I screamed, stay in line. And the vision left me. And as I stay in the room, I was screaming, stay in line. And they said it looked like they were trying to get back in line. The point of me reading that is, that in the preview of the church amen in the first church they were marching to the step of the word of God the original word that had went forth in, in revelation amen it is this church it is a church of Jesus Christ amen what happened on the day of Pentecost is our inalienable right are you with me it is our inalienable right. You ask, well, what does that mean? That means the rights cannot be transferred. The rights cannot be taken away. Amen. The church has an inalienable right to what they had at Pentecost. What they had at Pentecost was not a bunch of emotion. Amen. That's wonderful. It comes and it is in line with the word. But it was more than that. It was the prophecy of the word being fulfilled upon the vessels God had ordained to be there at that moment. Can you say amen? amen? And here again, you saw the confusion of the church. What man has produced, what false doctrine has produced, what denomination has produced, it produced a filth in the eyes of God. Then the other day, amen, a couple of brothers in our church was invited to, amen, a prayer meeting at a, at a community church. You know about every church now is called a community church. And they was invited there. And, and so they, they pulled up to the prayer meeting. When they got out, they heard on the loudspeakers Led Zeppelin playing. Maybe you young people don't know who Led Zeppelin is. Well, anyway, he's not a brother. And you don't call him Brother Led. Amen. Amen. Led Zeppelin's playing. The kids are out there. They're, they're playing uh, uh, something. They got all kinds of entertainment going on to try to, amen, entertain the church. Oh, we're going to have prayer meeting to the beat of rock and roll music. There's no covering there. There's nothing there. Amen. And so I want to speak to you this evening. Uh, I want to speak to you and title this, Getting in the Spirit of the Composer. Amen. Getting in the Spirit of the Composer. You notice now that the Composer is the one who's written the sheet music. 
He's not looking for people to add any more words to it. He's not looking for people to take away from it. Right? Amen. But he's looking for those who can get in the spirit of what he's already written and perform what is there. God is a prover. Let me say it again. God is a prover. God proves all of his words. The prophet come along said, and you are one of his words. And you were just sent here to confirm your place in life. Amen. Every word he said here, perform it. The prophet said, amen, that you were sent here to confirm your place in life. And he could only say that if there was a seed there that could get in tune with what he said. Man, when we find it's written in his word that he said, I sent my word and I healed their disease, he doesn't have to take it back. He's looking to fulfill the word. The prophet said, we're not coming just to talk about the message. We've come together to get into the message. And the message is what? Jesus Christ. He is the word. So we've come here this evening not just to talk about the message, but to get into the message. That's what we're supposed to do. Amen. So to get into the word, you must know what you're getting into. The message Shalom. Brother Brandon says we have to keep on following the rhythm of the word. There was a lot of music played tonight, a lot of rhythm. It looked really out of place if somebody stood off to the side and once in a while took an instrument and if it was a horn, they'd blow a discordant uh, 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 sound on it or somebody ran back and forth across the platform with a tambourine and would beat it and everything was out of tune it would, it would begin to mess up, your, mess up your song service in fact you probably pay more attention to what is, what is out of tune than what is in tune that's just the way the devil does it when things get out of tune people start paying more attention to that than they do to what's going on that way God's trying to do and he said, now there's a rhythm of the word. He said, if the rhythm of the word says to repent, he said, that's the first thing in recognizing do that. He said, that's your first step, so you repent. He said, put your next step where the word says to put it. He said, and go on and keep on marching with him. Don't break the rhythm if you're part of God's symphony. Don't break the rhythm of the word. I want to come to something in a minute, young people, with this thought because you don't want to break the rhythm of the word. I don't even care what your thought is about it. In fact, you've got to begin to forget about what your thought is about it. And you've got to begin to get in tune with what God has said and then begin to say amen to it and watch your steps begin to line up to it. You say, well, don't ask, why did this happen? I tried it, Brother Branham, and they turned me out. And you know what I've done? I, I like to starve to death. Don't ask why. He knows the rhythm. He knows how the music's got to change. He knows what junctions it's got to make. Amen. For it's written. He knows all about it. He knows the rhythm. Don't ask why. Just believe it. When God moved down through the time of history with his promised word in each age, he has never failed to break the rhythm by the power of God when it comes to the elected and vindicated people. The rhythm of his word in the days of Noah, the rhythm of his word in the days of Moses, the rhythm of his word in the days of Elijah and in John and David in the days of Jesus, he keeps the rhythm of the word right on down. He's never broke it. He has come down through history and the elected seed that's seen it 
and believed it fell right into that rhythm of it. There's a rhythm. There's a rhythm of the word that is going through this building right now. There's a rhythm of the word going through this building right now. And it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our duty, amen, to get right into step of that word. Amen. And right into the spirit of the meeting of what God is trying to do, you've got to begin to get into the step of that. He begins to describe a symphony. And he calls this scripture God's symphony. And he said, only the, only the composer only knows what it really means. And then he reveals it to those who are listening. Are you listening? He is revealing it to those who are interested in knowing what the drama is. But you have to know about a symphony first. See, it's not just something that you see. It's the changing. It's the junctions it's of the word, of the music. How many has ever seen a symphony? I mean, how many, if you know, they, they just, there's little, there's ebbs and flow of music. And let me tell you, I'm not, I'm not here an expert on music. So all you experts just laugh with me. Amen. I'm not here to describe to you the ins and outs of it. I say there's ebbs and flows. There's builds. There's crescendos. Amen. And then there's real quiet times. And it just seems like, well, what are they doing? They're just, they're just sitting there. They're hardly moving. But there's a little murmur of, of music going on. But it don't seem like anything is happening. It's like it was, amen, there was just a space of time after the prophecy of Malachi and it just seems like nothing was happening, just an ebb and an ebb and just a murmur and a murmur. But after a while, something began to build and something began to build. Amen, if people weren't paying attention, if they was just in one of those churches and they weren't in tune with the word of God like a Simeon or somebody else, they wouldn't have recognized, amen, that the, the, the music, the rhythm was coming to a junction. When the junction changed and, and it began to build up, out walked a man that wasn't much to look at. Amen. He's over here on a riverbank and he's screaming out, repent, 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 for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But the amen up in Jerusalem, they weren't in tune with the music. They left the sheet a long time ago. And then they organized what the Sabbath was. They attached all, all kinds of laws to it. They made it impossible for people to be what God called them to be. In fact, when Jesus came, he said, you bind burdens upon them you yourself cannot bear. The Sabbath was never meant, amen, to be something you couldn't, amen, live in and rest. Amen, it's a day of rest. It's not a day, it's not a day, amen, of fear. Amen, it's not a day of, oh, am I pleasing God? What am I doing? No, amen, you come and you rest. They say, you can rest tonight. But they didn't recognize the junction, the changing of the word. As the prophet said, sometimes just going on a certain beat for a while. Amen, and after a while, it all begins to change. Everything begins to change. Let's bring it down to your natural life for just a moment. Amen, the beat of your life can just go and go, and it just seems like it's going around and around, and nothing's happening, nothing is happening. All of a sudden, something begins to change. What is it? He said, you, to you who wouldn't understand or know nothing about it or not interested in it, it's just a rocket. That's why the preaching of the word is called foolishness. I mean, because it's just a racket. 
Amen. But God calls it, amen. Amen. They, they, amen. That they, it causes something. You'll get there, Andrew, one day, about 30 years. Praise the Lord. Come shake my hand. Amen. To many, maybe to some of you, this, this scripture is just a racket tonight. Maybe it don't have no meaning to you. But God wants to change the beat of your life. I mean, he's not just interested in, amen, and just giving you a good career and you making money and, and you going in life and having a successful life. No, he wants your life to come into the beat of the word of God. Amen. So we have these times, he said, of symphonies of, the, of God's word where the whole drama changes. To you who are interested, to you who listen for that change, you know it's getting close. You hear the way the drums are beating, amen. There's something going to happen. Amen, you know it's going to change. It's going to break out in a burst for a few minutes, in a few minutes. See, and you're watching for it, and you can tell the way the drums are timing. Oh, God, if you can hear the drums of the finish now, if you can hear the echo of the heavenly word singing itself out, it shall come to pass in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit. There's a beat of music. You see, the composer's God. He's the one who wrote the Bible. His Bible's all together. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. He knows the changes of time. And the director who is directing them, the sign of the age, has to go exactly with the Bible signs. And I'm reading these things, amen, for, see, now you're watching him and not me. Thank you, brother. But it was necessary. That wasn't discordant. That was help. <laughs> amen. Amen. He said, amen. And just bear with me as I read these things. He said, brother and sister, what is the matter with the world? Why am I crazy? See, they, they said the prophet's crazy. You know, he's a woman hater. They call him a liar. Amen. They say all these things about him, but don't worry about it. Because if they call the master of the house Beelzebub, what more are they going to call you? You see, the symphony said there's something's wrong somewhere. The symphony is not in harmony with the sheet music. They're making church creeds. Amen. When it's in the word, it's supposed to be preached, to be manifested. There's something wrong with the directors. Then the whole band becomes mixed up and they don't know what to do. They're scattering because it's never coming in harmony with the word. Come on. That's what's the matter with our last, our last so-called revival. That's what's the matter with our Pentecostal message. We got out of the beat of the Bible, and we went and organized like they did back there, and we got off beat. That's why God had to send a prophet in this hour, not, amen, just randomly, but exactly according to the word of God. There was a beat of music that had to be played out. Matthew, Malachi 4, 5, and 6, amen. Luke 17, 30, Revelations 10. Had to be played out. Can't you see, brothers? We got to get in beat with the Bible. But they went and organized like they did back there and went off beat. The director has to be in line with the word. And you might say, well, I joined church. That's not the rhythm. I went up to the altar and I said, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God. Listen close. Satan does the same thing. 
That's not the rhythm. See, you get out of swing. What happened? Maybe some director told you if you just shake hands, if you put your name on the book, join our club, join our church, join our organization. Amen. But he said, it's got you all out of swing. I want you to know the scriptures I, I, just, I just said just a little bit ago, just Malachi 4 and 5. How many knows what those are? I'm sure you do. Come on, Haman, don't look around that and look who's raising your hand. Raise your hand, goodness. Amen. Do you know those scriptures? Do you know Malachi 4? Amen. Behold, I send unto you Elijah the prophet. Amen. How about Luke 17, 30? How many know those scriptures? Amen. They should be common to us, right? Revelations 10, 7, all these things. Why, why, why is this something to you that makes sense? You know, my grandfather, who was never, amen, he was a Mennonite. He hated this message, and, you know, he, but he had a brilliant mind when it came to memorization. And he would memorize literally books of the Bible, and they'd stick it. They'd put him up in the pulpit. He wasn't a preacher, but they'd put him up there, and he'd just stand up there and quote literally chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. Well, I don't have a mind like that. You know, he tried to bribe me to learn scriptures as a young boy. Remember one time he gave me $5 to memorize a scripture I can't remember now? But I memorized it then because I wanted the $5. And I memorized it and I quoted it back to him and he gave me $5. Praise the Lord. I don't ever know what I did with it. But. but when I began to ask him as I got older, I asked him this question. I said, Grandfather, I said, what is Malachi 4 and 5? And he, he didn't know what it was. I said, what is Luke 17, 30? And he didn't know what it was. I asked him what Revelation 10, 7 was and he can't, it didn't pop up in his memory. You see, because intelligence was not enough to grasp it. Intelligence is not enough to get into the beat of the sheet music. I mean, but why does it mean something to me? I mean, why is it when that beat of the music began to play, amen, in my time, why did it begin to do something, begin to resonate and begin to change the, the sinking in my body? When Jesus came years ago, he came to fulfill a specific part of the music sheet. And he came in the spirit of the composer. He said, I don't come to do my own will, but I come to do the will of my father. Amen. And he went as was his custom into the synagogue. And when he was handed the sheet music, he went directly to the part that was being played. Because it had changed. And he began to say, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. You know what makes that resonate more now? Because that scripture has been read over and over by the lips of these priests and rabbis. But now the one that it was written about. The one who had wrote it. The one who has written about it has been handed to him. And he's beginning to recite it back to them. Now, they probably thought, well, what, this is a little bit strange. What's going on? And he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me. But the city was not in the spirit of the composer. For when he handed the scroll back to the priest... And he sat down, amen, the Bible said, amen, that he said, this day, this music is being played in your ears. And that beat of that music meant nothing to them. 
they looked at him and said, well, amen, we know his father, and we know his mother, and we know where he was raised up, and we know where he came from, and I searched on the internet, and I found this mistake, and I found this problem, and so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said that. They was not in the beat of the music. They was in the beat of something else, but it wasn't the beat of the gospel. In fact, they tried to kill him. They should have believed him. I said they should have believed him. But they didn't have the same pulsation of the Holy Spirit that he had. Amen, Brother Branham said that was the greatest anointing that could ever be upon a man. Amen, as a man, he sat down in a chair and he said, This day, this scripture is fulfilled. What was it? He knew who he was. And he knew that he was the one the scripture was talking about. What about it, young people? That if this evening you can begin to get in sync with the gospel that is spoken about you of this hour and you realize there has to come a time that that scripture is fulfilled. There's a people that have to fulfill it. Instead of their faith rising up, can you imagine what would happen if their faith had rose up? It would have been two omnipotents coming together. Amen. It had been one omnipotent coming to another omnipotent. Omnipotence is all powerful. Amen. And when you believe, the scripture says all things are possible to them who believe. What could happen when two omnipotents meet? It would have been, amen, like it was with Martha and Jesus. Amen. For when Jesus came after waiting four days, amen, and Lazarus has died. Amen. You know, that seems so out of beat of the music. Because he's already received invitation or or, or rather received the cry, the prayer request has went forth. Pray, we need help. My brother's sick unto death. Lazarus, whom you love, he's sick. Will you come and pray? And Jesus has lingered and lingered and lingered in the other place. Finally, he said, let's go. Let's go up there and visit him. Amen. Well, how's Lazarus doing, Lord? He said, well, he's sleeping. Well, that's good. He's feeling better then. Amen. He knew they didn't understand. He said, well, he's dead. (laughs) We're going to go visit now. Why are we going to go visit now? And we could have went when at least they could have been healed. Now it's too late. Amen. But if you get in the beat of the music, it's never too late. I don't care if you came here to these meetings and you're dead. I mean, prayer request after prayer request might have went forth on your life. And you've got sicker and sicker and sicker. And now, now you're just dead. Amen. And when, amen, when Martha went out to meet him, she said unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know. Now watch this omnipotent speaking out of her. But I know that even now. Amen. What was happening, brother and sister? Her beat. Amen. Her walk. Amen. Was changing. Because she was in the presence of omnipotence. 
and her steps were sounding, amen, like the music. I know even now, whatever you ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said, that brother shall rise again. Yes, Lord, I know that. I've read the quotes and I've seen what the scripture has said. I believe, I, I know, I know. You know, he said, thy brother shall rise again. And immediately we put him, okay, yeah, he'll rise again. Yeah, good. Yeah. Jesus is literally speaking that in the next, amen, few minutes. Amen, but her mind is thinking way out here to the end. And Jesus is speaking right now because omnipotence has spoke out of her and said, I know even now. But yet her mind is saying, oh, yes, Lord, I know he'll rise in the resurrection. But he she said, I know even now. And Jesus said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. You know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of debate in that time about the resurrection. There was, amen, you had the Sadducees who believed in no resurrection, and you had the Pharisees who believed in every form of resurrection. It's just debates over quotes of prophets. Just like they turned the message into a swamp of quotes. With no life. No resurrection. Somebody help me. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, yes, Lord. She said, yes, Lord. I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Amen, amen. The beat of the music of her life is changing. She's been crying and mourning for four days. But amen, Jesus comes. Amen. Let me tell you, the beat of your life may be out of sync. It may be moving in another direction. But he said... Amen. And we have here tonight, we have two omnipotence meeting. We got Jesus Christ who promised to be here, and we got believers. What's, what's Martha doing? She's agreeing with the word for her hour. And when she agrees with it, it's brought her into the rhythm of the step. The prophet said, In this hour, the bride can walk with the word. The word is Christ. It must be in agreement, not the ecclesiastical systems, but the word. You have to agree with the word to walk with the word. Notice she is loose to call all of these little loose ends. Or you say, well, they don't make any difference anyhow. He said, that's exactly what Satan said to Eve. That's what Satan has whispered in this hour. It don't matter if you do this. And it don't matter if you act this way. Yeah, you know, everybody else is doing it. Your friends are doing it. Why look on Instagram? Look on Facebook. Look it up on. Amen. Look at these people. They're Christians and they're doing it. She is called. Amen. That all these little loose ends that you say don't make any difference. You know, Satan tries to be the director of the word. He tries to handle it for you. He wants to be your filter. John 5, we're told the story 
when Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda, by, which is located close to the sheep gate. Amen. And there's, it's not a nice place. The sheep gate is where, is where the, the animals are coming in. So it's a place, no doubt, that probably constantly had to be cleaned and, amen, had to be, had to be washed and everything else because of, this is the place where the animals are coming in through the gate. No doubt it's the sacrificial animals coming in for, for the temple service. And here at the pool of Bethesda, there's literally, amen, all these people gathered around and, it, and it's a competition to see who can get into that pool. Because at a certain time, a certain hour, the angel of the Lord would trouble the water and whoever got in there first, they would be healed. Here's a man who'd been infirm. He had a condition. He had a bed that he laid upon. He, he laid around this pool year after year. Amen. Time after time. And nothing had changed. No doubt his expectation is I've been at this pool. My problem's in my legs. Amen. I'm infirm. It's not going to kill me. But I can't get in either. How many people have, have labored and labored and labored in a stalemate? And Jesus comes. And he comes to do the will of the Father. He bypassed this case. Maybe it was cancer over here. Here's somebody on the point of death. He's he just bypassing them all because he's being led by the will of God. And he comes to this one case to this man. Now here is the music coming to him. And he says, what do you want? What would you answer tonight if the Lord would ask you, what do you want? What do you want? Man, remember, do whatever he tells you. And he said, he said, I want to walk. So Jesus said, you know, just, just pick up your bed and walk. The composer came to him because he wanted to know what he desired. Why? Because he was there to release his desire to him. That was the beat of the music. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's the beat of the music. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. What do you want? I want to walk. So he picked up his bed. This thing he sat on for years. His, his, his support system. Begins to carry it around. Praise the Lord. He's touched me. But it's a Sabbath day. We got a problem. And here comes these religious men who's not in the beat of Isaiah 61. And they look at this man, and then they look at one another, and they look at, what is this guy doing? Doesn't he know what day it is? And they went to him and said, why are you carrying this bed on the Sabbath? Don't you know what day it is? It's not in tune. Don't you know what day it is? Now, they're not arguing that he's not healed. Why aren't they? What has happened to you? Can you tell us what's happened? No, they're not, they're not even in the beat. They have no clue. They don't care about the healing. They care about the bed he's carrying. 
Because they're Sabbath keepers. Oh they, oh, they know how to use the quotes just to criticize you and to tear you down, tell you you shouldn't be carrying that bed like that. And they're ignoring the fact that you're walking. Come on, somebody help me. Even their concern on the method isn't right. Something, if this would have been a God, he'd have done it on another day other than the Sabbath day. Who did this to you? It's not in our line of preaching, then we're not going to receive it. But the beat of the music said, pick up your bed. Take the thing that's been your support system for all these years and pick it up. It doesn't control you. You control it. There's some of you men in here, you've had a support system all your life. You've had a crutch you've carried around all your life and you leaned upon. But Jesus comes by and he's coming in the spirit of the music and of the composer who wrote the sheet down and he's asking you, what do you want? Praise the Lord. I just need this up here. I can be Andrew for just a minute. Amen. So now I know how you feel, brother. It's nice. Amen. Amen. What is the Sabbath day? Here's a man carrying a bed around, and they're more concerned about him carrying the bed than they are about the miracle, about the healing. These Sabbath beaters, Sabbath beaters, that's a good one. The Sabbath beaters are not in the, yeah, we're just, that's, that's, that's good. We'll use that. They're not, in the, they're not in the spirit of the composer. The beat of the composer is, I am the resurrection. I am the life. But those Sabbath keepers didn't understand the quickening power because they had nothing in them that could be quickened. All they had in them was to criticize the method that Jesus had just used. Amen. Put aside all the criticizing thoughts of this camp. What somebody's going to tell you about it. Something's going to try to rob it from you when you leave here. Don't, Damon, don't be so concerned about the method. Look at what God is doing. Well, I'm not talking about breaking the word. I'm not talking about not keeping the word. You see, they had, a, they had quotes. Right here, look, Moses. They went and inquired of the Lord. This man's carrying sticks on the Sabbath day. What should be done? We don't know. Put him up. Put him in a hole until we inquire of God. They killed him. Whenever it's good enough for Moses, that's good enough for me. Amen. But you see, the law is just death to you until the spirit of the law can come and show you the meaning of the law. They heard it. They criticized it. They downplayed the importance of a ministry. They took away the value of Jesus' ministry by belittling where he came from. They called him a devil. Why did they do this? They had nothing in them to get in the beat of the rhythm. Let me just say, if you have something in you 
that there that can be quickened. When you hear the word, it will begin to respond. You can't hold it back. I said you can't hold it back. What you have in you will respond to Malachi 4 and 5. It will respond to these scriptures I've already mentioned, Luke 17, 30. It will respond to Acts 2, 38. Because it has meaning to the seed that lays inside of you. It will respond to Revelations 5. It will respond to Revelations 10. It don't have to get into debate whether the seals or the seventh seal is open or not. Or what is this and what is that? Was Brother Branham there? Was he not there? Was there 16 men? Was there two? Was there this? Was there that? It don't have to worry about that. Because it's being quickened by the beat, the rhythm. Am I too loud for you? Well, you know, Lazarus was dead and he cried with a loud voice. I was preaching one time in a meeting overseas and the whole time I was preaching, there was a little old lady in, in, somewhere about right in here and she was going like this the whole time. After I got done preaching, I got a little note. It was in Russian, so I couldn't read it, but the brother interpreted for me. I guess he said the truth. He said, the note said, why are you so loud? <laughs> Jesus wasn't loud. And I went, well, if you, I know you're elderly, but if you were there. Come on, you know, we have our ideas of how Jesus ought to act. Oh, somebody help me. And some of you would never respond to the Jesus of, amen, that came in that hour. Jesus knew what those Pharisees thought. So he deliberately acted in a way that would just go against the grave. Because his interest was not in them because they wouldn't receive. His interest was in you that would receive. And here's a man, amen, who doesn't have no eyes. Are you hearing me? He don't have no eyes. His interest is in this man. His interest isn't what the priest is going to say about it. Amen. And here stood the Lord Jesus Christ. And begins to spit on the ground. How many laws were being broke just by... And then, and then, and then, put it on Twitter. Help this thing. Amen. Then, amen, he goes down. And he make, don't make mud out of water, he make mud out of spit. He's holding, holding, needing this mud. Hey, Brother Bam said those Pharisees were there watching it. Because vultures are attracted. And they're there and they're, they're holding back their skirts. We are clean people. Hope I got long socks on. <laughs> Amen. And they're holding back their skirts and Jesus is spitting. 
what Brother Branham said he's doing at the time is he's forming eyeballs. You see, the method always offends. They're looking at the spit. They're looking at the mud dripping off his hands. They don't know that there's some, something being transformed. Amen, amen. It may be a mess, but it's God. But God is willing to make a mess in order to bring restoration. He's willing to work in your life. It may get messy, but you're still in the beat of the composer. If you have something in you to respond, respond to it. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine that blind man saying, Jesus, what are they doing? Are they watching? No, it was between him and the Lord because those fellas, you know, those skirt holders, they fit in good today, wouldn't they? Amen. Those guys have nothing to give him. They might have had criticism. They might have had blogs. They might have had posts, but they never had life. There ain't a son of God in here that could ever be deceived. Because the composer ordained you to be a part of this music. He ordained you to have a part in these scriptures. Your life can march in the beat and the rhythm of the word because you're part of the word. And your action towards the word is only your part in fulfilling it. Quickening power brings you from darkness to light. Amen. Quickening power. Brings you from death to life. The Bible tells us there was so much quickening power in the bones of Elisha. That even after he had died and they had buried Elisha. The Bible said there were bands of Moabites invading in the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that behold they spied the band of men. And instead of burying him they just threw him in the sepulcher. When the man was let down. You know, some of you may feel let down tonight. Maybe somebody's supposed to give you the proper burial and they didn't do it. And you've been let down. Amen. Jesus said, though all men forsake you, I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll be with you even in you. And they let this man on and boy, they took off running and they're running away. But the Bible says that man revived and stood up. Now, can you imagine the beat of the music? They're all running because they're scared of the Moabites. They hear a sound coming. Hey, boy, he's running faster. The Moabites are catching up. And here comes this dead man, and he's running faster than them. I guarantee you that scared the liver out of them. Why? Because that wasn't their beat. They didn't know God could do that. Don't you know you've come to the right place? You may be let down, but there's quickening power. God is interested in you before you ever came. He's interested in your life and he's interested in your death. Amen. That man's past hope. 
but not where quickening power is. Here's a prophet of Elisha who would not leave Elijah. But he went with him across the Jordan. And he asked for a double portion. He, went at, he wasn't asking to be better than Elijah. He was asking something directly according to the word. For he was asking for his firstborn privileges. The firstborn privileges that he would get a double portion. Of the riches. And here comes Elisha as a firstborn son. Says, amen, I want a double portion of the spirit that's on you. Amen. And we are the church of the firstborn. And you know what that means, brother and sister? That means that God has said the firstborn are mine and the firstborn I redeem. That's why David, even after murder and adultery, grace projected itself and brought him back to his right mind so he could repent. Even when the sentence of death had been pronounced out of his own lips, grace stepped in in the form of the message that the prophet said to him. Amen. It was the prophet's message that brought him to conviction, and it was the prophet's message that brought grace. Man, why? David had pronounced out of his own lips, that man should die. Speaking as a king to give judgment upon a case. Amen. And here's the prophet looks at him and says, you're the man. You're the man. But then grace projected and says, you're not die." Amen. Because the seed of God knows how to repent. It knows how to get into the rhythm of the music. Amen. And why, why could God do that for David? Because God, amen, called David his firstborn. David is my firstborn. And God can only redeem the redeemable. The Bible says in Mark 5.21, is everybody Okay. When Jesus was passed over again by a ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Darius by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. We know about Darius, that he had heard of Jesus. And he knew the works of Jesus, but he was a secret believer. But down in his heart, he believed that was the Son of God. Amen. He was convinced it was, but you know, it was strange because God forced the issue. And the prophet said, God knows how to force us. Sometimes you're allowed sickness, sometimes you're allowed something else just for you to show your color. To show what you believe. And the Bible said Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and they thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had, was not better but grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind 
and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And the Bible said straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing himself that virtue had gone out of him turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around about to see her who had done this thing. Who, who in this crowd, who in this crowd had enough faith, amen, to catch up, get into the beat? You see, she was in her house. The law said she couldn't go out. She was unclean. She had an issue for 12 years. Leviticus said she shall stay in her house. Because she's unclean. There's a stigma. But there's also something happening. There's a beat coming by her place. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. And by his stripes I am healed. There's music playing. The spirit of the Lord is, who's that coming by? Who's that coming by? And she hears somebody say, Jesus is coming by. She heard about him. But she had a stigma. Man, what are they going to say if I come out and somebody knows my condition? But she was determined. Amen, and here she is. She's on her porch, and they're going by, but something compelled her. She said, just move that leg and get out there. She said, what if somebody sees me raise my hand? You know, I've been cool for 12 years. I'll have to change my status. I'll have to change my hashtags. In fact, I might have to just get out of it. That ain't a bad thing, you know. What are they going to do when they, when, when, if, I, if, if I begin to move? Because I'm feeling something begin to beat in my heart. You know, better get out there. There's a pulsation in her. This is your day. This is your day. This is, he wasn't even coming to her, but this was her day. She said, I'm going to take this meeting. I'm going to wrap it up. It's going to become my meeting. Amen. I know it may be called getting in the spirit of the composer, but you put your name there. I am here, and this is my service. And she began to move and sink. Is anybody watching me? Pretty soon her movements begin to match the Savior's. She began to go through the press, and she just just got up there close enough, and, and she touched his garment and stood back and knew immediately something had happened. And here's Jesus walking because here's Darius beside him. He's walking and they're talking and they're walking. He stops. Begins to look around. Which one of you touched me? You don't think he knew? 
Who touched me? I want to hear from you. Who touched me? Who had, who had enough to, to press through? Press through. Press through the age she's in. And she's pressing. She's pressing. Somebody shoves her and she, she just presses. She's not interested. She just keeps pressing. You know, I've been sick for 12 years. I don't have no strength. I'm going to die if this thing doesn't stop. I've got to get to Jesus. Amen. And her steps begin to line up. Her steps begin to match the word. When your steps begin to match the word, the condition doesn't matter anymore. It only became a condition that brought you into contact with Jesus Christ. Who touched me? And she trembling came forward. I said, it was me. Am I, am I going to be punished? Should I have stayed at my house? A priest somewhere in the crowd said, yes. Why in a service like this would you act up? Don't you know it'll hold it five minutes longer? Brother Benham said every successful service should last 45 minutes. Glad you know that quote. You know, some of them, some of that's the only quotes they know. He also said, if God's in your heart, you'll be at every church service. Oh, we don't like quoting that one. Because work is too important, Brother Danny. I got bills to pay. When my bills are paid, bless God, I will show up. No, you won't. You're lying. You won't show up. But if you had God in your heart, you'd be there every service, whether it's 45 minutes or an hour and a half or two hours or three. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because God is in your heart. And God loves the words. Because there's a beat. There's a heartbeat. I've got to get there. I've got to get there. I've got to get there. Well, you're talking about me, Brother Danny? I, was I? <laughs> and he said, she said, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she came and fell down before him and told him the truth. You know what he said? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You mean after all the doctors I've tried and nothing has worked, I can still be healed tonight? Yeah. Not only can you be made whole, you can have peace. Yeah. But God is looking for somebody to get in sync. Amen. To come through the press. You know, it, you know sometimes we lack the guts to go through the press. But God is looking for somebody, amen, that thinks this is a value. While he was yet talking to her, you're whole of your plague. Here come a runner from the ruler's house and said, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. You know, death is so final. Death, we give up hope. Come on. 
hear this. You mean this whole meeting, you know, Jesus is walking, I'm walking with him, and, and now the news has come, your daughter's dead, what do we do? And Jesus said, let's keep going. Yeah. Don't fear, yeah. only believe. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you can do when the news comes and it's so devastating, all you can do is just, just keep walking. Show the devil you at least know how to walk. I'm not enjoying it, but I'm walking. But God said, don't worry. Fear not, only believe. Just keep walking. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, said Peter, James, and John, who stood for joy, <laughs> faith, love, and hope. Right? Faith, love, and hope. The elements that God can use in any church. Why did he keep inviting faith, love, and hope to go with him? Uh, you disciples, I love the rest of you, but just want faith, love, and hope to come. Because they're elements that will support the meeting. They're elements that will help press through. Because the atmosphere is important. Amen. And he gets in there and there's people in there going, ah, ah. You know, they're professionals at it. Ah. You're not in tune. Ah. You know, they're professional mourners. They're crying. They're wailing. Ah. What if they had had Facebook or Instagram? Could you imagine the damage they could have done? Professional wailers. Huh? Come on. Can you imagine? Come on. Can you imagine? Ah! That's going to be hard to raise that one. You know what Jesus said? Get out of here. He may have paid them some money to do that, Lord. Now, get, get them out of the church. Their wailing is just distracting. It's not in the beat of the music. I had nothing in there that said, wail. It said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. <laughs> There's a wailer. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Get the wailers out of here. Get the doubters out of the room. Drive the unbelief out. Let God arise. Let the Spirit of God rise up in this room. Amen. Let the sick be made whole. Amen. Let the lost be saved. The Bible said they wept and wailed greatly. And he said, why are you making this ado? I like that word, don't you? Ado. Did Jesus actually say that? He said, why do you make this ado? And weep. No, no doubt somebody got offended about that. They got offended about it and they put a meme out there. Jesus mocked my sorrow. Here I am weeping and I'm sincerely weeping in the key of C. I'm weeping and he goes, why do you make this a do? A do religion. Why do you make this a do? Why are you wailing? She's just sleeping. She's just sleeping. She's just sleeping. Well, Lord, 
I held her hand. I felt the pulse. I heard her breath go, ah, that's not sleeping. She's dead. She said, get out of here. I don't need your diagnosis. I don't need your professional symptom readers. They're not dead. Amen. She has a seed inside of her. And the reason I've come to this house, the reason I accepted this invitation, the reason this meeting is here tonight, I knew there would be seed in here that I would bring to life. Are you hearing a certain voice? Amen. Let it be the voice of hope. Begin to pulsate in your heart. It's not too late. I said it's not too late. He breaks every addiction. He breaks every power. Get him out of the house. Keep faith, hope, and love in here. They know how to pray. And he took the, he went over to, you know, now that was distracting because the door slams open. These people run out and they're mad. They've quit singing. Mom and dad look at one another. What are we going to do now? We paid them and they're going, they're going, we're going to hear about it. But he said, let's go in this room. Let's go where she's at. And he walked in there and he took this dead girl by the hand. And you know, Jesus is a different kind of pulse reader. I mean, you, you've held her hand for, for this time and there's nothing there. And she's getting colder and stiff. And, and he, she's just sleeping. Talitha Lukami. What did you just say, brother? I don't know. But I just said what he said. Damsel, arise. How's she going to get up? You know, she's dead. How's she going to get up? I followed her. I'm one of her friends. I followed her, and she's worldly. She showed no interest. Look at her right now. Oh, I, I, I followed her, and how's she going to get up? You know, she's tried over and over and over and over and over, and she's only 12. <laughs> she's only 12. And he says, get up. You know, how can a dead person get into the sink of the gospel? How can a dead person get into the beat of the composer? Because there's another beat in here you can't hear. There's a pulsation of the Holy Spirit that you can't hear. Glory. Can I just slow down just a minute? You said you're gone slow enough, Brother Danny. It's okay. You know, Brother Branham wasn't in the beat of the composer. He had went to a meeting after he'd come from a vacation, and he's there, and he's coming to this Pentecostal meeting, and he's seeing this, and he's invited to preach. He gets up and preaches, a little Baptist boy, and he's embarrassed, and he, and he preaches, and he said, the next thing I knew, I'm outside, and I'm getting all of these requests to come preach, and I'm excited. And He didn't know it was the beat of the composer trying to move him into a channel. And he went home, and... He's all excited and he begins to tell his wife, I've got all these invitations and we're going to preach here. I've got an invitation in Texas and Miami and i got a, I got all these things. And the mother-in-law got involved. She said, you're not going to take my daughter with that trash. She beat him down with her words and Brother Bam says, 
All right, I, I won't do it. And he turned around and he laid those invitations down and he walked away and he said, it's the worst mistake I ever made. And because of that, he traced that action back to his wife dying, his daughter dying. He said, my wife has died. I go down there and they say, Bill, your daughter's dying. He says, not my daughter too. And he runs in there. He runs in there. He said, she's suffering so bad that her eyes are beginning to cross. He said, I prayed. I said, oh God, not my baby. Don't take my little Sharon Rose. He said, a black sheep just fell down in front of me. And I knew God had not answered my prayer. He'd refused me. He said, it was the most treacherous moment of my life. Some of you may not even have any strength to get off your chair tonight. And maybe you're in the most treacherous moment of your life. It's in that moment another director comes in. And he rises up, begins to whisper in his ear how hard you've preached. You've been preaching this gospel and giving your life. People are poor. You're helping the poor. You've prayed for the sick and God has healed them. But yet when you pray for your own mother or your own wife rather and your own daughter he won't listen to you. Brother Bram said he never told me God wasn't real. He just told me he don't care for you. Some of you sitting here, you know it's real. You just don't think it's for you. How many people have I ever heard in my time as a minister say, I know it's a truth, but it just isn't for me, Brother Danny. He says, the most treacherous hour of my life. And I open my mouth to say, then if God is that way, I'm not going to serve him. And something moved up. And when I opened up my mouth to say that, I said, oh, God, slay me. Though God slay me, yet I will trust him. He said there was a seed of God way down on the inside that moved up in my life. I was going to reject it. Maybe some of you are here right at that treacherous moment right now. But there's another beat marching into the room. I'll give you the oil of joy. Amen for morning. I'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Somebody needs to start getting into that sink. Well, it's pressing on me, Brother Danny. Come on. If that woman with the blood issue could do it, you can do it. God is looking for another one. The most treacherous moment of my life. But something way down on the inside of the inside. That's what the Holy Ghost would do for you, young people. Amen. Your jump may leave you. Your excitement may die. And the amens may get faint. 
but every seed of God that's been quickened can never deny that the word is true. Can never leave the word and say it's false. There's not a seed of God in here that can turn their back on the word and walk away from it. They don't know how. My legs were made to walk in sync with the gospel. Well, Malachi 4 don't apply. Get them out of the house. Malachi 4 don't apply to this age. My legs weren't made to walk that walk. You know, Revelation 10, 7 is just another verse. It don't mean nothing to you. My legs weren't made to walk that way. It meant something to me. I said it meant something to me. My seed was quickened when the word of my hour came over my barnyard. There's nothing in me that can turn around. Well, you say, better not say that. The devil's listening. I said, there's nothing in me that can turn around. There's a seed of God that has arised in my heart. I have been resurrected. How many sons of God do we have here? Brother Danny, I got one question. Can you answer the question about the bridge? Yes, I can. Are you ready? There is a gulf so deep, I couldn't cross over it. I couldn't get across. It was so deep. Amen. There was a wall between me and God. That's the bridge. That matters. One day, here come the Lord Jesus Christ, a professional Brit. Brit, 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 Brit. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a professional mourner. Amen. A professional bridge builder, say it 10 times. And he bridged the gap between God and man. And he made a way that I could begin to walk. Amen. And I could cross that chasm. And I want you to know I've crossed that chasm. And I've come across. And I stand on the other side as a redeemed son of God. I don't have nothing to be ashamed of. I have no message, amen, to be ashamed of. This is my message. Are you hearing me? Let them all hear. This is my message. He sent it for me. Be seated for a moment. You want to be part of the word? Then you've got to begin to walk in sync with it. I want to say the crowning moment of this situation for Brother Branham's life. He said, the most horrible, treacherous moment of my life. But when he began to comfort someone else whose baby has died, and he begins to comfort them, and he says in that letter, he said, I was sitting the other day in the woods, and I was thinking about all that happened 
when my wife had died and my daughter had died and I thought I would never want to go through that again. But then he said to me, what about all the thousands that's come to Christ because of the story you've told about it? And then he said, Brothers, I would go through all of that again. That's somebody who's walking in step. I don't know where you're at tonight. There's a beat you can start stepping in. There's a march you can start marching. You need healing? I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Start matching your steps to that. I'm the Lord that healeth. Doctor says you're going to die. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Doctor said there's no hope for that. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Doctor says, I prescribed you 10 pills, 13 medicines, 16 whatever, and then hopefully after that we can prescribe you another 10 years and then I'll get rich and amen. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. There's a great physician here. Brother Branham said in, in the mighty God unveiled. See, this is my part. This is, this is, this is Brother Andrew in slow motion. Amen. Amen. Brother Bam said, Mighty God unveiled. He said, There was a woman healed the other day of cancer. He said, The doctor called me. He said, That woman's going to die. She's my patient. Brother Bam said, Not anymore. Not anymore. Now she's a patient of the Holy Spirit. You know what happened? God changed her steps and they begin to walk in sync with the gospel. Because God said, I'm the one that writes the last chapter. You don't get to write it. I write it. Well, Brother Danny, I fall all the time. But why don't you get your foot in step with the gospel for he that is able to keep thee from falling. Brother Danny, I got a pass. And he that is able to present you faultless. Why don't you get your steps in sync with the beat of the composer? Amen. Amen. The composer never wrote it down in his music. They're going to give up at the end time because the gospel's too weak. And they're just going to begin to fall away. And there's going to be nothing to hold them. And this is going to be the worst hour of my life. And I just hope somebody will last at the end and just kind of press through. No, he never said that. Amen. But he had men of God rise up. Amen. The spirit of the composer came upon them. They say, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. You say, Brother Danny, but you don't know. You don't know my change. You don't know what I go through. You don't know what keeps me bound. Quit complaining. Just be quiet a minute. Let the spirit of the composer speak to you. You know, there's a man named Paul. He had a destiny. He had to go to Rome. And he goes there. And he's put in chains for the gospel's sake. He said, I'm bound, but the spirit, but the word is not bound. And he lived for two years bound 
to an elite guard who just changed the rotation. I mean, it was the palace guard. It was the elite chained to this man all the time. You know, can you imagine? Come here, buddy. Sorry. I'm sorry. You Blake? Hi, Blake. Blake the Roman. Now grab me. Don't run. Amen. The result will be different. I'm chained to him. You're with me. You're kind of making a better chain than that. Don't, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm chained everywhere I go. It's rattle, 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 rattle. I hope it's a long chain. And you just kind of stay out there. Got to go over here. I got to wash up. I got to do this. And he's chained to this guy. You know, surely, you know, he would just kind of give up. I'm supposed to be an apostle, and you know, God met me on the road to Damascus. Now here, nobody left me. Everybody left me. Nobody likes me anymore. And I gotta, I gotta sit here with this stinking Roman guard. And I, you know, I give up. You know, I thought this message was powerful. No power in the man. You know what? You know what a believer did for two years, chained to this elite guy. Can you imagine? Sit down, brother. You don't have a chair. That's the point. Amen. Imagine how, two years he writes Philippians, Colossians, first and second. Tip. What do you think about that? Do not be ashamed of thy youth, young man. Let me write something else about you. Put on the whole armor. Stand up. Turn around. Ain't ain't no armor on the back. It's all on the front here. Pretty good. What size shoes you got? Thirteen. Be shod with the preparation of the gospel. Who was winning? You know, I, you know I got, I'm bound, brother Danny. When I can let loose, I'll really do something for God. Man, I got Blake with me everywhere. Paul said, my chain is known through all the palace. Everybody's talking about that crack down. Can you imagine? And they, then they say, go, go, Blake. See you later, Blake. God bless you, Blake. What's your name, young man? Jacob. Jacob. Come on, Jacob. That don't sound Roman to me. Amen. Come on. And they changed the guard. <laughs> All right. oh, oh, ooh, he's got an attitude. Yeah. Repent. Amen. Can you imagine? Amen. Now, now it's guard after guard after guard after guard. Who was bound to whom? I've only got one coat. I've got, I get sick. I get chronic sickness. <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> Young man, what God do you pray to? Jesus. Huh. God bless you. <laughs> you know, that's the effect of a chain. That could be the effect of your chain. You say, well, Brother Danny, I'm limited. Amen. Let that limitation become the glory of God. Thank you, Brother Jacob. God bless you. Two years of chains. Who won?
tell you what happened. One believer getting to say to another believer, you know, I, I've been ashamed to go out and talk about this gospel. Here's a man in the palace who's not ashamed of the gospel. And it gave boldness to those weak ones. And they begin to spread. And you might have come weak. I'm going to tell you every one of us are weak. But when I'm weak, then I'm strong. How many Pauls we got here? God can take you and put you so in sync with the beat of the composer that when they see you, their look, and she's marching in step to the gospel. Marching in step to the gospel. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. And Brother Benham said, I looked, and instead of going down, they begin to go up. That's the message you and I believe. This message was never meant to hold you down. This message is going to take you up. That's the promise of the word. And let the people of God say so in the name of Jesus Christ. Come, boys. Amen. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Let the women in here with the blood issue begin to walk into the step of the gospel. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. We got any dead person in here? You got, we got any dead people in here? That want to come to life? You say, Brother Danny, don't make no sense. A dead person can't, don't get a choice. There is if there's a seed of God down in there. Death can't even hold you. Death can't even hold you. I said death can't even hold you. And if there is a pulsation of the Holy Spirit, I would respond tonight and say, God, I'm marching into the step of the gospel. In the name of Jesus Christ, I come. Let's close our eyes. He has forgiven me. My sins have been washed from his memory by the blood of the Lamb. Of Calvary, he has forgiven me. Every eye closed. I wonder if we have another woman with a blood issue. You've been held back for years. But the Holy Spirit is pulsating to you tonight. Why don't you match your steps with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Maybe we have another Darius daughter who's laid dead in the bed, but now God says, Arise, my daughter. Arise. Amen. Why don't you just 
slip out of your seat and move forward now into the beat of the music and say, God, I'm coming. Amen. And I expect to get from you. Amen. What I've heard tonight. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. Amen. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good tidings unto the meek. Amen. To break every chain. To open up the prison. Amen. To the bound. Amen. Why don't you just respond to the voice of God and say, Lord, I'm responding. I'm responding. Amen. My steps are marching in step with the music now. And I'm saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen, Lord. How about anybody else you need healing tonight? You want to match now your your body with the word? You say, well, I don't feel better. Just match your body with the word. Line it up. Begin to say, yes, Lord. That's the truth. That's the truth. I'm the Lord. Healeth all thy diseases. Don't forget his benefits. Who heals all thy diseases. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who redeemeth thy life. Don't forget him. Jesus is here tonight to release unto you your desires in him. He's here tonight to release unto you your desires in him. You just be sincere and honest with God. Tell him exactly what you need. Forgive me. Amen. If the ministers would come and pray for him. Why don't you just lay now in the presence of this atmosphere? Forgive. 